Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is going to be episode 12 of uh, the Samurai Brothers uh, Wrestling um, podcast. And uh, so we're going to be doing things a little differently because... uh, Zoom decided to go with a 40-minute um, limit on one versus one uh, calls now. So we're testing out Facebook Live to see if uh, that's going to work. Um, so welcome all. Um, and uh, it's uh, me, John, and uh, Matthew. We're going to be uh, talking about uh, stuff today. So Matthew, uh, thanks for uh, putting this together and uh, inviting me uh, inviting me on uh, today. So uh, hopefully, um, uh, hopefully your volume's coming through, is it not? Yep. All right, great. So uh, Matthew, I thought uh, we'd cover a few things. Uh, let's just make sure that um, we're both uh, advertising uh, to uh, everyone uh, that we are both uh, on. Uh, Facebook right now, so I'm just make sure that uh, I'm getting on. Uh, I'll get on here and make sure that. Uh, um, Already did that. We only have one live viewer. Well, all right. Well, cool. actually, well, technically, no, because on my stream it's you. So, all right, cool. But anyone who wants to can play, put uh, comments in there. I could do polls if necessary and other stuff. So if anyone wants to jump on, uh, we can do that. And also for our later pot, anyone who else is listening, you know, we can um, do this. We'll, we'll probably go back to like a, a, a three uh what a three what was it three o'clock start time? Was that what we were normally doing? Yeah, so today uh, I have a little bit of stuff going on, so that's why we're starting a little later. But uh, yeah, so anyone so who will be um, just uh, FYI, uh, just uh, we, we do these on a, um, on a weekly basis, and uh, normally we start recording at three, but uh, with the advent of being able to do a, a live live stream like this, we'll be. We'll be doing this on a regular basis. So, Matthew, uh, today, uh, let's go ahead and get into the topics that I wanted to, uh, for us to cover for today. Uh, I have done a little research on uh, what's been going on. And um, so it looks like um, there is a last chance qualifier for the World Team Trials that are going to be happening uh, this upcoming weekend. So not... The, the last chance qualifiers uh, happen this weekend. And so that will then, so whoever hasn't qualified for the World Team Trials Challenge Tournament, which happens this upcoming weekend, which is May 21st and 22nd, uh, the top placers who hadn't already qualified for that tournament uh, were wrestling today. So I thought I'd uh, get into this a bit. Um, um, are we also going to cover the the Pan Am uh, championships? Yes, I did want to. I did want to get into the Pan Ams because uh, we were kind of cut short on that. And then um, I also want to talk about um, 
probably uh, also uh, close out uh, today's session, uh, talk about who is probably, um, at least when I was looking at his, his um, entry on the school's, the school's website, uh, it says that he's the most decorated wrestler in that school's history, but I would have to say that this uh, unique individual we'll be talking about today is probably the most decorated in NCAA wrestling history. So uh, with that being said, Matthew, uh, let's get on into it. Uh, let's cover first. Uh, I'll I'll uh, pull up. I'm not sure if I can screen share or not, but um, I think that'll you know at least for right now, uh, we'll just go over um, uh, the results of the last chance qualifiers, uh, which took place uh, this weekend in um, Atlantic City, uh, New Jersey. So uh, for those who don't, for those who might not know, you know, we have the, you know, the World Team Trials are, are getting ready to come up. And, um, you know, that will basically determine who, sh who will be representing the United States uh, in uh, wrestling, you know, in the international competitions uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, when you can only re be represented by one person um, per country. So, uh, for example, uh, normally like uh, the Pan American Championships, uh, which happened recently, but, you know, the people who were re representing, you know, the USA for that tournament would have been the ones who qualified last year, if uh, memory serves me right. So then the people who will qualify, you know, for the upcoming events will represent Pan Am next year. Uh, but then we also have like the uh, world championships uh, among some other ones. Now I do, I do know that they have open uh, international competitions and those ones typically, you know, I, I think anyone can go to those and uh, you know, think, uh, especially like with ones that we have over here too. I think the Dave Schultz Memorial is, is a very big one. Um, I've seen teams even from uh, Japan uh, come out to participate in that. So, uh, Matthew, uh, let's, um, for, as you know, there were, um, I believe, uh, the last time I saw after the U.S. Open happened, there was uh, around more than 500 wrestlers uh, in men's freestyle, uh, men's Greco, and then women's freestyle that had all uh, qualified for this. And, uh, I think, uh, you know, and that includes, obviously, people who qualified in freestyle and uh, Greco events. And then also uh, you had wrestlers who also qualified via uh, the NCAA championships, the NAIA championships, or the women's uh, collegiate wrestling championships. But, Matthew, do you think this is going to be a pretty uh, – it's going to be a pretty um, – hard road to get through, especially for those who are trying to get into the final X. Uh, you know, we know that there are some people who are already qualified, uh, you know, those who medaled at the World Championships or the Olympics. And uh, so there were um, out of, I believe, uh, it was either uh, 15 uh, wrestlers that did uh, qualify for that. And two did uh, decline, which was Adeline Gray, who's currently pregnant, and then Gable Stevenson, who, uh, you know, even though he won the gold medal at the Tokyo Olympics last year, because of his contractual obligations to WWE, he is 
uh, now pursuing that road, but uh, and he's and he's like, I think he's probably the first guy since um, the fabled Kurt Angle to get a direct um, uh, um, uh, pathway to uh, the main roster because some guys do some kind of. Um, you know, it's like we're amateur. Here we are talking about, uh, you know, we're amateur wrestling podcast and we're talking about pro wrestling. But, you know, most guys do some kind of um, developmental stuff. And obviously the developmental promotion has varied for, at various times. Right now it's NXT. But, you know, at, there was a time when it was Ohio Valley Wrestling. It was Florida Championship Wrestling. But the... Um, <clears throat> But normally they do some kind of developmental stuff. So Gable Stevenson getting a direct path from amateur wrestling to pro wrestling on the main roster is not normal. No. Yeah, so that, that means that, you know, I would think that means that the, the WWE is going to be trying to look at him as a, as a marketable figure. Uh, you know, going forward, uh, you know, kind of like how they did with, um, you know, Ronda Rousey. And uh, I think I've seen how uh, Paige Van Zant uh, got into pro wrestling too, but I don't think, you know, since I don't really follow WWE that much, I mean, I've seen that she's been there, but, uh, you know, someone like Ronda Rousey. Uh, Paige, Van Zant, Paige Van Zant is doing uh, AEW. Okay. The current, yes, the current top competitor to... Um, WWE and they're slowly it's like for promotion that didn't exist I don't know however many years ago they're slowly like obviously obviously it's not like what was what WWE was in the Monday Night Wars where they were losing money but they're slowly building a following (laughs) but but I should note that Paige's um Relationship partially has to do with the fact that um, the um, the owner of American Top Team, I think she's still connected to American Top Team, but the owner of American Top Team is actually a pro wrestling fan, and he actually created an American Top Team stable in AEW. So you have an MMA gym stable in, in a pro wrestling promotion. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, um, now and and uh, also on top of that, you know, WWE has, uh, you know, it, it, it's not just like Gable who's in there. Um, I think when he made his uh, when he made his um, uh, debut in the WWE, uh, he uh, confronted. Uh, let me go back and, and look at uh, who he um, did like a a, a move on uh, while he was in the. Uh, WWE, um, and uh, he went against uh, someone. Not sure where it was uh, specifically, uh, but he did make an appearance at uh, SummerSlam. And uh, oh yeah, so and, and uh, I saw the video of uh, what he did at uh, SummerSlam, and he did like some kind of finisher move um, on a on a on a uh, competitor named Chad Gable. And I looked he's, up. He's yeah. got a he's got an amateur wrestling background. Yes, and he's got an amateur wrestling background too. So, um, 
apparently uh, I'm actually looking at Chad Gable's uh, Wikipedia, and actually his real name is Charles Betts, um, but he he wrestled at uh, Northern Michigan University, and uh, I think that is actually I'm not sure which, which uh, specifically that is, but I I think it is a, a part of the University of uh, Michigan uh, system. Um, but it looks like uh, it is a D2 school. So, but, uh, you know, nice to see that we, we've got wrestlers that are, you know, progressing in, in many uh, areas, which is which is a good thing. You know, um, it's, you know, it's very interesting because there's been lots of trends with stuff going on over the years. So initially, obviously we had... Um, so we had this trend where we had pro wrestlers going into MMA. We had that with like Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley, the disastrous results of CM Punk, <laughs> the the unexpected success of Dave Batista in one fight. <laughs> but um, we had this trend of of uh, pro wrestlers going into MMA, but now it seems to be the trend of MMA fighters going into pro wrestling because Ronda Rousey was not the only person to do that. We, uh, there was the brief foray of Cain Velasquez. You had, um, you know, the aforementioned Paige Van Zant, uh, Tom Lawler, Matt Riddle. We had, there's, there's been a lot of peace people like that. Of course, now we have that thing of MMA fighters going into boxing, which, in the case of Tito Ortiz, Ben Askren, and Taiwan Woodley hasn't really gone very well, but in the case of Anderson Silva, it's actually going very well. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's just, but yeah, in terms of, um, well, another thing to keep in mind, though, is obviously the more successful pro wrestlers going into MMA had an amateur wrestling background, like I said, Bobby Lashley and, uh, and Brock Lesnar, so. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, I've got. Let me see. Let me make sure I have it. So let's 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 go one more time over. Um, who is? Uh, how the results uh, went? Um, it looks like so for. It looks like for there was actually. Not sure why, but there had been some people who were were and Matt. This is interesting. It looks like there were some people who had already qualified for the World Team Trial, but they were competing at this last last chance qualifier. Now, my guess as to why you would have people competing in events when they're already qualified is probably because they're trying to improve their seating um, at the World Team Trials. Now, obviously, when you have the when you have the winner. You have the winner of the U.S. Open. They get an automatic seed into the semifinals of the Challenge Tournament. But then you may have some other wrestlers who are trying to, uh, you know, depending on where they finish at each qualifier, that they then, you know, because I'm very sure that they're seeding people at these at these tournaments. Um, so that's why I'm seeing that, uh, like, for example, uh, you had, and I'm very sure that you ha- you had to place top three at um at the last chance qualifier so like for example i'm seeing um you know 
know, men's 50, uh, you know, in the men's freestyle, you had, um, at, at least as far as who ended up qualifying for the world team trials at 57 kilos, you had Timothy Levine, uh, from California, but his, uh, looks like his, uh, it was the, he's from New England RTC. Although, let me make sure of, of who's who, uh, at this. Now, although it looks like these are just the results, so it may not be, uh, it may not, you know, I may be looking at this, at this wrong, you know, because I'm trying to look at the article from, uh, you know, from the, uh, from USA Wrestling. So, it, it, it kind of varies, uh, it looks like, uh, you know, because they, they're making mention of stuff uh, here and there. Um, but I think it, it, it's kind of hard to, 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 to tell. But it looks like, again, this is going to be the highest placed USA athlete per weight category winning a medal who has yet to qualify will earn a spot. So now that I'm going back and reading that, it looks like it's only going to be one person who's going to qualify for um, the World Team Trials at this tournament. And it's whoever is the highest medalist who has yet to qualify. That's what it looks like. Um, now, it looks, and um, I see, uh, um, you know, Matt, if you remember Isaiah Martinez, who was a, um, you know, state champion from uh, California, I believe, and then he had been a, uh, a national uh, title winner for the University of Illinois. It looks like he was competing at this at this uh, tournament. Um, but so, at least for the, the last chance, now, I don't know how, I'm very sure I'm going to have to wait for the list to come out, you know, from USA Wrestling to see who specifically qualified. But let's, so I'll just go over who, who placed uh, at the the tournament real quick and then um you know maybe ask uh you know if you have any comments about that so 57 kilo for men's uh timothy levine from california new england rtc tech fall nicholas babin of new jersey 10 zero had dalton henderson from virginia decisioning antonio menino from new jersey uh 13 9 61 kilos shelton mack from new jersey uh decision 3-3 over Nasir Bailey from Illinois. So that that must have been quite a match there uh, that, uh, you know, they had quite a, uh, uh, I'm sure it was a barn burn on that one. And then uh, third place at 61 kilos, Christian Ganon from uh, New York. Tech ball, Peter Hammer from Texas, 14. And uh, let me see here. So Joshua Sanders from Missouri at 65 kilos. Decision Brock uh, Zacherl from Pennsylvania, 76. Uh, your winners. Uh, and then I'm just going to read. I'm just going to read through uh, how the finals went. Uh, 70 kilos. Jared Burke Liren from Virginia uh, with the decision win over Christian Montserrat uh, of Massachusetts, 10 to 1. So he almost had a tech fall there. 74 kilos, uh, Joey uh, Lavallee from Missouri. Uh, tech fall, Elroy Perkin from Wisconsin, 11-0. And then uh, our 
California boy here, Isaiah Martinez, wrestling out of Oregon. Tech fall over Devin Skotska from Michigan, 13 to 3. 86 kilos, Andrew Morgan from New York, decision over Jonathan Lowe from New York, 9 to 8. 92 kilos, Nathan Jackson of New Jersey, Tech fall over Patrick Davis of Virginia, 10 0. And um, 97 kilos, they did not give a result, but it was Jason Carter. Uh, wrestling out of Monco Wrestling Club over Jaden Sonner of Indiana. Uh, and then you had the finals at 125 kilos for freestyle. Derek White of Oklahoma, decision over Luis Fernandez in New Jersey Portland. So, uh, you know, not too many names that we're familiar with. Uh, the only name that I know of is uh, Isaiah Martinez. Um, Matthew, I think, uh, you know, probably these guys, you know, will have a, a, a big hill to climb when they get to that, uh, when they get to the world team trials, would you say? Yeah, because, it's, again, it's one of those things where you're starting out rather low on the tone pole. So, it, it, the, it, even though they're trying to give as many people a chance as possible, but the reality is, uh, you know, you've got the... Um, <clears throat> You've got the U.S. Open winner who gets that semifinal berth, and then of course you've got the person who's sitting in the final X. So there's, it's it's a long road to go for anybody who's uh, seated anywhere below you know those those kind of privileged top positions. So uh, then then here's where it gets interesting. So yeah, um, a lot of those if they had. You know, more than five uh, looks like then they would have done, you know, a regular standard um, bracket. I think the biggest brackets when I'm looking at the at the article, you know, a lot of those would have just been like an eight man bracket. It seems to be the the max, and that's probably because of just you know people just trying to get in. Um, but uh, then when we get to, I'm looking at the article for Greco and women's, and this is where it gets interesting now. So um, when you're looking at Greco, you had some weight classes where only one person showed up. And, uh, you know, that means, you know, and, and what do you think about that when, you know, there's an obvious difference in people wanting to get in on freestyle versus Greco. And uh, I think this kind of goes back to how, you know, USA Wrestling expands the the qualifying criteria, you know, to get into the Greco team trials. Because uh, if you remember, we've talked about earlier where if if um, you know they they allow I think top top three at D1 qualify for the World Team Trials in freestyle, but I think. Um, up to the up to top five can qualify in D1 for Greco, and then top three in D2, D3, and NAIA qualify for Greco as well. Well, obviously that goes back to they're trying to get more um, more participation in Greco because the U.S. traditionally hasn't had a whole lot of success when it comes to Greco. Obviously, there's been those isolated successes here and there, but the reality is we're not exactly known for our Greco. We're known more for our freestyle because 
Everyone who advances wants to do freestyle because uh, freestyle is obviously the 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 most similar to folk style. So obviously we're we're trying. It's like the, the the participation is obviously trying to uh, get motivation to compete, uh, get more Greco people out there. So they're making the criteria a lot broader in order to encourage more participants. So when I'm looking at, um, so let's, I'll just go over it really quick. Greco-Roman, um, at 55 kilos, they only had four people participate. So that means that they did a round robin there. So winner of that weight class was Jonathan Garul from the NMU National Training Center. Uh, at 60 kilos, only one person signed up, and that was Garrett Totten from Wrestling Out of New Jersey. 63 kilos, only one person signed up, Diego Romero out of Florida. 67 kilos, there were only two people that showed up. So I'm I'm assuming they did a best two out of three. Um, the winner of that was Jesse Williams of Spartan Combat uh, RTC. 72 kilos, they only had three people, so they have done a round robin, obviously. Uh, Noah Walksmuth uh, was the winner wrestling out of Colorado. 77 kilos, though, looks like they did have a bracket because um, they wrestled finals in a third-place match. So Chad Walsh of New Jersey pinned Terrence Parks of New York in 48 seconds. 82 kilos, they did have a bracket. Uh, Adrian, and I don't know how to pronounce this name, but I will do the best I can. Adrian Artsisuski of New York Elite Wrestling Academy. Tech called Aaron Dobbs of Wisconsin, 8-0. to zero. Uh, At 87 kilos, you had a two-man bracket again. So, Gaborg Eric Kellogg of New York uh, was the winner. 97 kilos, they also um, had a round robin in that one. Timothy Eubanks wrestling out in Nevada. And uh, heavyweight, actually, was um, they had a bracket. So Tom Foote of Massachusetts pinned Robert Ray of Virginia in 22 seconds. So we're having times where we're having um, pins, I see. And uh, so here's here's where where it gets really interesting, Matt. With the um, so then if we go into the women's freestyle of the. 10 weight classes, only one was contested. Only one. <laughs> and um, so that was the, of all the weight classes, that was the 50 kilo weight class. Um, had four women show up, and so uh, they had that round robin. Nyla Valencia, wrestling out of California, was your winner at that weight class. So then the other women that just showed up, uh, 53 kilos, uh, J- uh, Janya Liz Cotto from Crazy Monkey Wrestling Club was your sole contestant at 53. Uh, at 55, the sole contestant was uh, Tori- Toriana Buchanan from Red Cobra Wrestling Academy. 57 kilos, Genesis Ramirez of All Navy. 59 kilos, Montana DeLauder from Team Tornado. 62 kilos, Alexandria Lyles from Army Wrestling Club. 65 kilos, Sierra Brown-Ton 
from Twin Cities, 68 kilos. Ana Luciano from Team Tornado, 72 kilos with Sky Rollo from Cougar Wrestling Club, and then 76, Melissa Jacobs from Twin Cities. So, again, out of 10 weight classes, only one was contested. Now, uh, theoretically, probably I'm wondering if, you know, everyone else was just, you know, I, I'm not sure if they if this was an invitational or not, or how this worked specifically. But um, that's kind of uh, interesting that, you know, it's a last chance qualifier to get to the World Team Trials, but only one weight class was contested. What do you think of that, Matt? I think that just means that the, the people who are, the people who are interested in um, uh, competing were already, um, that were interested were just already in there and they weren't really interested in doing anything uh, after that. So, <laughs> I guess, uh, you know, the, the yeah, it's, whoever was there probably figured to already be in there, though, to be fair, that means that anyone else would have just had to weigh in. It kind of like what what the what what was the memorial tournament? Bill Farrell. Yeah, it's like the Bill Farrell. It's like in some since you just had to weigh in, so it's like any of those other weight classes, someone had just weighed in, they would have been in, but clearly not the uh, you know some of them obviously weren't interested. Okay, so let's let's get in real quick. Um, I know we were trying to get get to this um, last week, but we we couldn't get around to it uh, that much. And that was talking about the Pan Ams. So, uh, you know, I found out some interesting things about that. But let's let's get into it first. So you had, um, I think they did. Um, looks like they did the Greco-Roman um, matches first, and then they followed up with women's freestyle, and then they closed out the competition with men's freestyle. So, uh, and I'll, I'll tell you this, at least where we're at compared to, you know, the Americas, uh, you know, when it came to the, the, the Pan Ams. So it looks like the USA is pretty much dominant when it comes to, you know, the American region, obviously. Um, so when I'm looking at, so... Let me uh, go over how we did first in Greco. So um, the U.S. medaled in Greco in, it looks like, one, two, three, four, five. So, you know, we took, looks like we took, uh, you know, half the, uh, half the weight classes when it came to uh Actually, let me let me make sure I got this right. One, two. Yeah, because they contested. It looks like though they didn't contest everything. That's kind of interesting because, for whatever reason, they they jumped. Oh, sorry, I'm I'm looking at the wrong. I'm looking at the wrong category. Let me let me uh, go back and where did it go? Not the Pan Ams. 
I had that wrong. So let me. Oh, they're kind of doing this. The way they're writing this, the, these articles is uh, kind of weird. So I think I closed out one of the. One of the. Um, okay, so. Out of the. So on day one for the Greco uh, events, they contested seven. Uh, yeah, they contested seven. Um, and we ended up meddling in one, two, three, four, five of seven. And of those, four of those were gold medals. And then uh, one of those was uh, bronze. And, um, excuse me. So that was, and um, when it came down to the, and then the last three um, that that uh, were, last three that were contested, uh, the U.S. meddled in two of them. So out of 10 weight classes, math, uh, we meddled in seven, and uh, we won gold in four of the seven weight classes that we got medals, three of them were bronze. And then they did team scores and the USA ended up winning number one with 165 points. Second place was Mexico with 148. And then Cuba, who, you know, we know to be a quite a big competitor ended up with 101 points. So what do you, what do you think of, of how, you know, we do so, I mean, we won the team title, but it's not like we're a dominant when it comes to Greco. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just one of those things where we're um, we're like just doing enough in um. We're doing doing what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah, we're doing just enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let me let me go over so um, at least the who ended up so you had the now I'm curious does it say because uh, I'm I myself I'm actually looking over the um, UWW uh, handbook in terms of participation of the world championships does it say um, anything about qualification for the world championships? Uh, you mean as far as the, the Pan Ams? Yeah. Uh, I'm not seeing anything in terms of that. Like they don't, they don't give, they don't really give any references to it at all. Because I'm looking at the book right now, and um, so here's what it says: in order to part. Uh, something that I'm most interested in. In order to participate in the cadet, this is Article 27 of Chapter 4 or just Article 27. Um, fifth paragraph, in order to participate in the World Championship Cadet Junior and Senior, a national federation must obligatorily participate in the Continental Championships of the same age group. With at least the same number of participants per style, then the federation will enter in the world championships. In other words, a national federation cannot enter more wrestlers per style 
than the number entered in the Continental Championship of the same age group. However, a national federation can enter less per style in the World Championship than the number entered in the Continental Championship of the same age group. Now, it sounds like you just need to enter somebody in the Continental Championship, which in our case is the Pan Ams. Mm-hmm. Which makes it... a. I know that the World Championships have more participants because there's more qualification criteria for the... Um, and we've discussed this. There's more uh, participation criteria for the um, Olympics. Right. The Olympics are a little bit more tight than the World Championships. Now, yeah. yeah, but it sounds like if you just enter someone in the Pan Ams, then you could send somebody. But I'm just like, wait, it's that simple? <laughs> yeah, that that kind of... Well, you know what? We'll have to... Um... And this this is... Like I said, this is... I just went on the website. I'm reading this verbatim from the updated handbook of the website. I'm just like, it can't be that simple. You can't just go in there and go, you know... Yeah, because then, because then you're going to have... There's a hundred... There's a hundred and something uh, nations, and I know that not every one of those people can send um, wrestlers, but it's just like that... That just doesn't sound right. Like, someone can't, like, I'm just using this blindly, but someone can't just go into ne- ne- Nepal and the Asian Championships and lose their first match and go out and then show up at the World Championships. It can't be that simple. Well, we'll have to... Um... I'm using that as an example. I have no idea how Nepal is in terms of their wrestling. I know that they haven't won any, any medals, but it's just <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, sorry for anyone from Nepal. I'm just I'm just using them as like when you think of nations, you just don't think of Nepal. Uh, it's like yeah, I'm just using Nepal as an example because you just don't think of Nepal as being good at anything. <laughs> that is a little landlocked country in between China and India. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I you know it it's um. I don't even think we have any kind of diplomatic relations with Nepal. The U- there's there's several countries that the U.S. doesn't have diplomatic relations with, and it's like you'd understand North Korea, Iran, you know, some of those others. But or you know, the Afghanistan is kind of murky right now. But Nepal, it's like wait, we've never had problems with Nepal. Why aren't we talking? It's like I know that they're in. I know there's this little insignificant country, but it's like, what? Why? I'm gonna tell you right now. If out, if by some kind of lucky shot I were to become president, I would try to. I would say, what are my goals? Establish diplomatic relations with Nepal. There's no reason why we shouldn't be having <laughs> diplomatic relations with this little this little country. It's, it's yeah. It's just weird. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'd be interested to see what the what the bracket looks like, like especially from last year, because I'm I'm very sure. And now there could be countries that they just don't send it. Um, and, you know, they decide not to send someone for some reason. But um, I think if we were to go back and look at a bracket, then you know we'd probably be able to, you know find that out um so that that'd be an interesting topic to cover 
Now, uh, with that being said, though, I'll go back and I'll, I'll look back at who. So you had the women's women's freestyles. Uh, you know, when they were finishing up the Greco, um, they they did also do uh, they did three women's freestyle matches the same day that they finished the Greco matches. So, and um, of those, uh, they did. Uh, so they did 55, 65, and 72 on the first day for women. And uh, we ended up getting medals in all of them. We had one silver and two golds. And then to close out the Pan Ams for the women, uh, of the remaining seven categories, uh, the women got medals in another four with three gold medals and another silver. So overall, women ended up getting five gold medals and then two silvers at the Pan Am. So right there, you know, total we have 21 medals after two styles, you know, and that, you know, we still have to see how the freestyles are going to go. Overall, though, United States did win, you know, pretty comfortably in terms of uh, points for the women's freestyle team standings. Uh, the U.S. had 119 points, followed by Canada, who had 165, and then Mexico, who had 120. So, Math, I know that um, our main competitor, when it does come to, um, you know, women's freestyle in terms of this region, does so happen to be Canada. And uh, one interesting thing that I've found is that there are some of the girls – uh, you know, from the U.S., will go to colleges in Canada and wrestle up there. And uh, but I know that uh, that there have been women from Canada who have been, you know, pretty competitive when it comes to the the World Championships and even uh, I think at the Olympics. And uh, that's probably a good thing though, because then that that makes the the girls down here have to try and work hard to, you know, try to stay on top, right? Uh, yeah, so I think that, yeah, oh, like one example, um, Victoria Anthony, uh, she wrestled at Simon Fraser, which is in Canada, and then, um, uh, my, uh, my vaunted, um, teammate Helen Marulis, um, after she, um, spent the one season at Mobap and won a championship. Uh, the next thing she did was go to. Um, I think she might have gone to Simon Fraser as well. I might. I might be wrong. Oh, well, let's let's uh, take a look because I think she didn't think stay. At, she didn't stay at Mobap. She was there that one year, my junior year. Now was she older or younger than you? She was younger than me. Okay, so then she she was either a sophomore or a freshman that that year that um that she uh, she wrestled. Yeah. Okay. So she she was she went to high school. She then went to Missouri Baptist, and then she transferred. So she was at Missouri Baptist, and then she transferred to Simon Fraser. Fraser. And then she wrestled. Did she wrestle there the the rest of the time? Yeah, it looks like it. Um, and then uh, 
ready for the 2014, or I'm sorry, 2016 Olympics. She was wrestling at the at the Olympic Training Center at Northern Michigan, which was brought up uh, a little while ago. You know what's interesting? She was actually wrestling. Uh, um, she and like a bunch of girls were wrestling at the Olympic Training Center in Michigan before um, they um, came to MOBAP. They, um, the way I understand it, Randy Miller, who was the assistant coach, my um, my sophomore year, who also was a um, Olympic bronze medalist, um, she basically brought a bunch of the girls that were wrestling under her with her. So the team went from essentially being a lot of Missouri Valley transplants. That's basically, basically what happened was my freshman, my sophomore year, most of the girls were um, Missouri Valley girls who basically, I guess there was a lot of drama going on at Missouri Valley at the time and they didn't want to deal with it. So they left and went to, uh, came to MOBAP. Um, and then, um, yeah, they left came to MOBAP and then, um, uh, the next year was, um, that chunk of the girls who were, um, well, and, and I want to put an emphasis on this. There were some girls who, uh, were signed directly as freshmen. So the bulk of them were from Missouri Valley. Then my, my, um, Junior year was the the all the essentially the Olympic training girl, uh, center transplants, which actually did include one or two guys, but it was mostly women. Um, then my senior year, um, Jackson actually did a lot of high school recruiting, so there were so we had basically three different waves. My first three, uh, the first three years that we had women's wrestling. There was the Missouri Valley girls, the Olympic Training Center girls, and then just a bunch of freshmen, essentially. Okay. So, uh, let me see here. So, yeah, I mean, you know, pretty pretty powerful, you know, at least. I mean, you know, you got the, the U.S. women going out, doing what they're needing to do, which is good. But, yeah, it's, um, it is interesting that, yeah, the U.S., um... With the Canadian U.S. women have, uh, you know, the U.S. women have more of a um, continental rival in terms of the um, the Canadian women. So the North is kind of a stronghold there, but then um, you know the the Canadian men aren't <laughs> just are not much to speak of. So um, with that being so said, I've been. So I've been taking a peek at the the brackets from mm -hmm. the World Championships last year, and I, I think you can screen share too. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah let, let me, um, yeah, let me screen share. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you see that? So this was. Yeah. Um, so this is just freestyle, but this is. Uh, um, but you know this is uh, 57 uh, mans, so you see there's a bunch of pigtails, and then um, the the. Uh, the... You, I think that's Ecuador. 
Yeah. So you have a bunch of pigtails, and then you have the quarterfinals, the um, the quarterfinals, the semi. Uh, wait a minute. Right, right. It, it's when they when they say one eight, that means that it's it's the quarterfinals. Or sorry, no. I don't want, the, no, no. One four is the quarterfinals. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Is the, yeah. Is the quarter final. Yeah, so it's so the round of sixteen is the only round that is guaranteed to uh to happen. Right. Yeah. So you have the round of sixteen, you have this qualification round to get into the round of sixteen, then you have the quarterfinals, semifinals, and the, final. the uh, and the finals, and then um of course you've got the the repage for the um Let's yeah. see. What 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 now, round what looks like, are those? So here's here's what I'm I here's what I'm seeing happen. If you make it looks like if you make the semifinals, you're automatically guaranteed to finish fifth place. Um basically because uh let me see, you had Atlee in, in the in the bottom semifinal you had Atlee from Turkey who lost to Sarlacc from Iran, I think. And um, why? Am I, why am I thinking of Star Wars? <laughs> for, for... Sarlacc, the Sarlacc oh, pit. You, you got me. You got me. It's uh, it's the Sarlacc pit. You know the the pit that that Jabba tried to, sh to shove Luke down in right. Return of the Jedi. The Sarlacc pit. <laughs> so basically, but I mean, basically though, so you know, you you've got. You, you, um, yeah, what, what's going to happen is that um, if you make the semis, you're automatically guaranteed for the fifth place match in case, you know, in the event that you lose and you have to, you can wrestle for the, for the third, you know, for the, the bronze medal. So I think, so it looks like in terms of um, the, the repage though, because uh, I don't, Think, you know, I'm not seeing anything, you know, as far it as... It looks like if you make it into the quarterfinals, then you get the opportunity to wrestle. Yeah. I'm oh, no, wait, no, 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 oh, right. Oh, right, yeah, I remember how the repage goes. Yeah, the repage is the, um... What happens with the repage is the winner... The, the, it's, it's not the whether someone goes into the quarterfinals... It's um, the people yeah, whoever, who, whoever loses to the yeah um, whoever loses to the finalist yeah like for example the that's the how five counts to... I I don't know how five counties runs now but because of the large size yeah. I remember that's how it it used to run at least I mean wait a minute you you referee does run... five counties still run that way uh, no five counties runs double elimination I thought it was double elimination rapage. Like did it Not change? Like I, I I know that there were I know that some um I know that because there was less participation because Temecula Valley ran their their opposing tournament that um participation was down but back when I wrestled five counties was the only big tournament in town so as a result they had more of a repage where if the guy that you wrestled made it i can't remember how far you would have to go but he would have to go make it to day two in order for you to even get into the consolation rounds and what happened was 
I um I lost in the first round my sophomore year, but the guy I uh wrestled won, so I got to wrestle another match. But um but my uh my junior year um the guy I lost to lost, so I only wrestled the the I I might have well I might have won matches in both in both um uh I feel like I won at least one match both years. But my problem was um you know, I was constantly dealing with injuries my senior year, so <laughs> But you know, it's it's we we've talked about that. I think I it's like in the end you know, my it's like I missed a bunch of opportunities. I missed the I missed the the All-Star match. I missed five counties. But in the end, what what mattered most was I made it further than anyone else on the team. I almost made I almost made the state. That's true. So for someone who was like out half the season with injuries, I'd say I did pretty well. Like I I have no regrets. Everyone else who was healthy didn't make it as far yeah. as I did. Yeah, if you had been healthy, you you would have made it easily. Oh yeah, I would have made it easily. But yeah, you know. And then same thing happened to me, you know, there's a couple of tournaments I could have qualified for back in high school. If I, you know, like that, that first tournament I competed in my last year, you know, my knee, my knee was giving me problems. So I had to bow out, you know, prevented me from moving on to the next tournament. But, you know, it is what it is. It seems like we always dealt with injuries. Yeah. Well, like, um, well, your career almost ended with that, with your broken, uh, um, you know, yeah. Like the fact yeah. that the fact that you were able to have a career after that and wrestle up to JC after having get had a broken vertebra is, is kind of a miracle blessing in and of itself. Well, I'm, I'm gonna try and get back into it. You know, try to get back into it again too. So, um, yeah, so yeah, you know. It, Things just kind of go the way that they go. Yeah, you know? but um, yeah, but like, yeah, like we're yeah, like, this is. But yeah, so this is this bracket. I'm all. I've only gone up to the 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 seventy pound bracket, but it's like. So you got this going on at fifty seven, then at sixty five. It's or no sixty one slightly larger. Sixty five yeah, is larger is than that. Uh, seventy is larger than that. Uh, I could keep going. Oh, look at the rapage. It gets bigger. With yeah, with, the, with the with the more you know, there's still only you know, it's 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 not it's not even a full thirty two man bracket. Well, so, I was I was reading. It's like I read somewhere that there's another criteria in terms of it's. Man, I wish I'd kept that open, but there's another criteria where there's like a cap of the number of participants in the actual tournament itself. But mm-hmm. I think it said something like it said like but the cap was like at like 7 or 800 or something like that. But over the three styles, I'm just like, wow. Oh. That's interesting. I I'm, I'm wondering how so again, you know, just because you compete at like your regional tournament doesn't necessarily guarantee 
that you're going to be able to compete at the world championship. Yeah, to me, yeah, that's just, yeah, it's like the the way that I'm reading it. There's there's got to be some other criteria, and maybe again, if we could talk to somebody who'd be a little bit more in the know about that, we could maybe find out. Yeah. So, with that being said, so uh, one thing I did read about, and um, so um, when it came to freestyle at the Pan Ams, so they did, um, let me see if I can find it. So, the first day of men's freestyle, they only did two weight classes, and that was 79 kilos and 92 kilos, and so it was Jordan Burroughs and Jaden Cox. Needless to say... They both won gold medals, you know, just because of how good they are. I mean, they both did, um, you know, their their weight classes, they both did round robins. And um, Jordan Burroughs only got scored on once in his entire run. And Jaden Cox um, teched all three of his opponents without giving up a single point. So I think that just goes to show you how dominant these two wrestlers are and I was looking at another article about you know Burroughs performance this year and he's competed in the Pan Ams uh, five times and he's won five titles he's never lost at the Pan Ams well that just goes and, to uh, show that he doesn't have a whole lot of competition in the, the western hemisphere right when it comes to the, so it just I think it's a testament of just uh, how dominant Burroughs is um Oh, so I did look up one more weight class. 74 uh, kilos almost has a full 32-man bracket. Oh, okay. There there were three buys, the one, two, and three seed. So in terms of – so then um, they closed out, you know, the – uh, the last day at the Pan Ams, they, they did the remaining uh, freestyle weight classes. And of those, uh, of those eight, um, the people who meddled were, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So... On the last day, the, the, the U.S. medaled in seven of eight weight classes. And, um, you know, so that, that just goes to show. And of those, it looks like one, two, three, four, five, six. I mean, they took gold in, in six of those and took silver in the remaining one. So they basically won eight weight classes and took second in the other one. And needless to say, you know, their team points was 229 and then the next closest team was Canada with 138 points. And um, Puerto Rico was uh, third place with 120. 
Oh right, yeah, Puerto Rico. Um, uh, yeah, Puerto Rico is. It's a U.S. territory, but because of that, it it gets to be represented in the the World Championships. Right. You know, it's, that, I, it's, I just... I, without getting too political, I I don't. It's like for that and several other reasons, I I don't. I, I think it's been more beneficial for Puerto Rico just to maintain its status where it is because it gets a lot of benefits how it is. If it became a state, it would lose a lot of those benefits. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think on occasion they do actually meddle in certain athletic events. Like, they, so they would lose that, they would lose that, 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 uh, op- position. But yeah, we're not getting too into politics. But yeah, I just felt like mentioning that. So, Matt, but I think though, Matthew, I mean, just the fact that they almost won that they won the team championship by almost more than almost a hundred points, I think just shows that it's a testament as to how dominant you know the men's freestyle team is. Um, you know, at least in our region. You know, so basically, the U.S. won in all freestyles at the Pan Ams and going without saying that, you know, they were pretty much, uh, and, and the most dominant one was the, uh, men's, uh, freestyle. So in total, you know, gold medals alone, they won 17 weight classes out of 30. So, and just, just remind me how, how many medals, uh, were um were gotten in the others well and then um uh i think the greco had three bronze and then the women had uh two silver and then men's freestyle had one silver so uh that was six medals uh, aside from gold, so we medaled in twenty three out of thirty weight classes. So we we should and I think based off of that, we could probably see what would happen in the world championships. And at that point, we'll have our answer as to, to how the world championships works. Because if there's more than twenty three wrestlers at the world championships, then we'll have our answer. Now I think I did see that. Uh, one, uh, I have to go back and look. I think it was in the women's. Uh, one wrestler did place fifth. So it might be possible that that wrestler might be competing. Yeah. So if, so basically if they have 24, we'll, we'll know if, if uh, how the criteria actually goes. But if they have... Well, I, I think... Well, I would almost... Here, here's what I have to think, that it's probably going to, you know criteria that they're going to use is who I have to think that it would be top six from from each region uh did it probably how did all our how did all our people do in the in terms of that you had 20 you had 24 wrestlers so they, no so uh, no one made it to the the fifth round and and flunk and Lost. It was. It was twenty twenty three medalists and then one fifth place finisher. Okay, so yeah, if if the team takes twenty four people, then we'll know the answer. But if they take um, uh, 
if you know if we have a full team then then we'll know the answer well then then that would that would almost make sense because you've got you got you got pan ams you got asia you've got europe you've got africa you've got oceania um I don't know that there's somewhere else. I think that might be it in terms of. So America, so America, Oceania, Asia, Europe, Africa. I think. So five times six. That's, that's, yeah. That's that comes 30. out to 30, right? Yeah. So. Let me go back to let's see the seventy cat. Right, can you, if you go into the the brackets, can you find anyone from from an African country? I mean, that'd be that'd be kind of an interesting thing. Uh, what is GBR? I think that's Great Britain. Okay, Geo, India, Yemen, Turkey, Germany, Italy, what? USA, Korea, Serbia, Britain, Azerbaijan. I think, and this, I, think... I, 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 I could maybe try to make this uh yeah, I could probably maybe try to do this in my spare time and see if I can't find somebody from Af. You know, something we might not be thinking of. There might be alternates from the regions. That's true. There, 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 there might be alternates from the regions, and then on top of that, um, you know, if if the regions don't bring the full six, they might be able to plug in those alternates. Depending maybe on like their rankings or something like that. Mm. Hmm. Okay. Anyway, so um, that's where that's at, Matthew. Obvious, obviously, we have seen people from Africa compete before, like Egypt. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of curious about the other countries, though. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll definitely try to make this a, um, you know what, that seventy weight class that I'm looking at, um, let's see, how many of those guys are, let's see, um, one, two, three, four, five, six guys got buys. So it's the what? It's the the one through six seeds got buys. Oh, they do seed them as well. They see they see it all the way down. Alright. So Yeah, it's 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 possible that um So yeah, it's that would make sense. So a thirty man bracket, so the the one and two seeds would get automatic buys. Everyone else it would depend on who all went in the the, the weight class. So if it was the top six So yeah, it's one of those things where yeah, the the richer country can take more people, 
and could possibly feel the full team if there aren't enough um, from other regions. Hmm. Okay. All right. But but again, we'd have to talk to somebody. Right. You know. Here, what here's what I'll try to do. I I will try to reach out to um. So who's who's the Orange County um USA wrestling rep or head? Uh, I don't know, but I can I can I can find out. Yeah. Um I'll reach out to the Sequoia um cuz I don't think people realize a lot but um uh so where I am Kings County often is just grouped with uh Tulare County and it's usually Anything along with that is called Sequoia. Like, I'm part of the Sequoia Paralegal Association. But also, um, the uh, wrestling area is Kings County and Tulare, and it's called the Sequoia Wrestling Association. So I'll reach out to the head there and uh, see if he might know. All right. But, oh, you got Silva. Oh, but then Silva might not know. No, he won't. You know, it's the if Casper I were still alive, he'd be the perfect guy to ask. I feel like he would have known. <laughs> there's there's a few people that I, I that I know that are involved with like USA wrestling and stuff. Yeah, so they would they would probably know, but yeah, our our theory of of uh the Thirty man theoretical thirty man bracket with alternates would probably make sense. So I guess this is a project. Yeah. So Math, I'd like to uh, I'd like to close out talking about uh, who is most undoubtedly the most decorated wrestler uh, in the history of the the NCAA, and uh, <laughs> that is. That Who probably Mr. will always be the most decorated wrestler of the NCAA. Because of the COVID situation, they were granted a fifth year of eligibility, and a lot of them took advantage. you know for a fifth year and so uh, we saw that there were some wrestlers who ended up becoming a, a three-time or sorry five-time NAIA All-Americans uh, you had um, Miles uh, Amin uh, if I'm pronouncing his name right yeah but let's be honest yeah but let's be honest how how many five-time world champion uh, or five-time uh, uh, national champions are there as a result of that well well, it, it could depend because you got Yanni um, Diakomalis. Uh, I'm not sure if, if he's got it or not, but he, you know, he won his third uh, title. Uh, that was before, you know, the 2020 championships, uh, I think. And then he, I think when they brought it back, I think they brought it back last year, right? And um, and he won that. And then he won his third title this year. 
So theoretically, he's got one. He's got one more year. But if he has, if he has an, a a COVID year, he could try to come back and win a fifth title. Now I don't know the status of of that. Um, I do know that Roman Bravo Young, you know, two-time national champion for Penn State, he he announced recently on his on his social media that he's going to be coming back next year. So. He is going to come out to try and become a five-time D1 All-American, three-time champion for Penn State. So, you know, you've got guys that are going to try and come out to do that. So, yeah, I'd I'd be really interested. An extra year, if, if he comes out and let's say that he, you know, is successful and wins next year, if he has an extra year, is he going to try and come back and do it to become a five-time NCAA national champion? Which now leads us into our, and again, this is probably the only wrestler that will have achieved this. It probably won't happen again because of current NCAA rules. Uh, Mr. Carlton Hasselrig, uh, who was a wrestler out of uh, Pittsburgh, Johnstown from Pennsylvania, and uh, he is the only six-time NCAA champion uh, to date, and uh, how he became a six-time NCAA champion uh, was based on um, rules that NCAA had uh, during his time. And uh, just to kind of give you, uh, give everyone a, a uh, perspective of uh, Mr. Carlton uh, Hasselrig. So let me go to uh, his when he was, I'll, I'll go ahead, Matthew, and screen share when uh, Carlton Hasselrig was uh, inducted into the Pitt Johnstown Hall of Fame. So uh, let's see here. Uh, go ahead and screen share this. So um, Carlton Hasselrig, uh, he was a three-time NCAA D2 champion, uh, and at that time, at the time that he was wrestling, he wrestled for uh, he wrestled for. Uh, Pitt Jonestown uh, back in the 80s, in the uh, mid to mid to late 80s, and at that time, um, the NCAA had a thing where they would uh, let the NCAA D2 and D3 champions uh, wrestle at the D1 championships, and uh, just so happened that Carlton Hasselrig, uh, the three years. He wrestled at the D1. I have to say that, you know, that's it's a, it's a feat that uh, will not be, you know, uh, it will not be repeated. Uh, uh, John, like, I I think you need to repeat that. There was some uh, there was some some issues. Okay. So where where did I uh, 
Where did I cut off that? You talked. You mentioned that he. Um, that he. Um, the the criteria. Okay. Uh, so let me see here. Um, okay. So uh, yeah. Um, can you see the page, man? Yep. Okay. So um, at at the time that um, Carlton Hasselrig was rest. Uh, he was. Uh, they the NCAA allowed. Uh, D2 and D3 champions to wrestle at the D1 championships. And uh, my guess is they did not have a person like Carlton Hasselrig come through before. You probably had, you know, some people that would, you know, probably qualify as, uh, you know, uh, they, they get to be All-Americans and such. But it sounds like there was no, no one that was as dominant as uh, Carlton Hasselrig. And so he ended up... Uh, from, from what I'm seeing, he never lost uh, in, in his Hall of Fame entry here at Pitt Johnstown. He never lost at the D1 tournament, and he never lost or tied a D2 opponent. So my guess is, you know, he had a record at Pitt Johnstown of 143-2-1, being that he probably, you know, at some of the, the collegiate tournaments that he would wrestle at, he probably did have some... Uh, losses, obviously. Uh, but I think here's the other thing that was just so dominant about him. Uh, you know, in high school, uh, you know, he hit the, the high school that he attended did not have a wrestling team. Um, and so he had to wrestle freestyle during summer, like it says, uh, because there was no high school program available to him. Uh, but uh, it looks like there were some uh, good Samaritans who petitioned, uh, you know, the his school district uh, board, you know, his, his school board to allow Carlton Hasselrig to represent Johnstown High School um, as an independent. And uh, he ended up winning the Pennsylvania AAA uh, state heavyweight title his senior year. So... Um, some other things that I read about is that he actually did go to uh, Lock Haven University, which uh, Matthew, as we as we know, Lock Haven is a, a school that participates uh, in D1 uh, wrestling, I believe, for the uh, the MAC. Um, so he he was actually trying to do football um, at Lock Haven, but an injury uh, prevented him from going further in his career there. So he transferred to Pitt Johnstown, which was, you know, the local college uh, for him where he lived. And then, you know, it just, things went from there. He goes out, he wins the D2 championship. And then, you know, three years in a row, he wins a D1 championship to become the only six-time NCAA wrestling champion. So the reason why and, he didn't uh, wrestle his freshman year was because he was doing football and he got injured. Right. And then, but then so, after that, so, but then after that, he makes lemons out of lemonade and goes on to tear. Uh, so you, you gotta, you gotta think about that. The fact that, so he was a, he was a guy who had 
you know, you have to think about it. Minimal wrestling experience. Oh, well, also, uh, um, are are you reading? A, yeah, um, are you reading what he did after and he wrestled in in uh, the NCAA championships? Uh, you mean about the part where um, uh, where he got drafted? Yeah, <laughs> it's like after that yeah. he. W- Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's, he got it's dra- like, what's his name? Yeah, 12th round draft pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers went on to be selected as a pro ball offensive lineman without ever, ever playing college football. Currently training and managing oh, mean, martial arts fighters and wrestlers, at cold, and wrestlers at Cold Steel MMA and wrestling in Johnstown. So, you know, I, I just... Um... But yeah, you you were mentioning um uh, yeah Stephen Neal who wrestled at Cal State Bakersfield world champion never never uh, uh never did football in in college and rest and played with the New England Patriots won several Super Bowls his his relationship with um Tom Brady is what helped save the Bakersfield wrestling team when they were gonna cut it. So yeah, I think that that's just a. So I think you know you have to you have to think about you know there are some very talented people. Um, and he's one of them. Guys. I mean, the, the the fact that he just it's yeah, it's like you were talking about very minimal wrestling experience, and he goes out there wins a state championship his senior year, you know, uh, in gets injured out of football, and then he goes and wrestles and wins the the. National championships on both levels, three years in a row. <laughs> I mean, to to get injured and then come back and, and wrestle is one thing. But to get injured and not just win one national title, but to win two in a matter of weeks because – you know the way that the way that things are right now. The D two championships are like a week or two before the the D one championships. So in theory, you could reinstate it in uh, that rule and allow guys to wrestle. I mean, so yeah, it was it was because it was because of Carlton Hasselrig going out and winning the you know those titles. The NCAA discontinued having. Um, you know, D two and D three wrestlers competing at the D one championships. I think, I think, <laughs> I think that was just a that was um, a, that was uh, out of know, embarrassment. Kind of makes me wonder if uh, kind of makes me wonder if uh, you know maybe some of those wrestlers were from Iowa or from Oklahoma State. <laughs> Probably. So, um, unfortunately. Um, Mr. Hasselrig uh, passed away. Um, it looks like a couple couple years ago. If I'm uh, so, uh, let me see here. Yeah, he, he passed away in July of uh, 2020. 54. Uh, natural causes. Define natural yeah, causes. So, yeah. So uh, unfortunately, um, you know. Uh, with that being said, though, I think. Just uh, his dominance and stuff, I think, is one that is 
most definitely has to be respected in just the fact that he went out to go uh, win, um, you know, six national championships in the way that he did. And uh, definitely a, a pioneer for uh, many people to come. Um, so, but uh, Matthew, I think it's just, uh, you know, you have to, you have to give it up for this man who really... Liver disease. Yeah. I mean, but hey, man, this is just a one a one man army when you think about it, you know. In in how he in how he wrestled, I mean, you know, I'm I'm sure that you know, obviously he had aspirations for football, but uh, you know, he earned his place in in history, not in the way that I'm sure he thought he wanted to go, but uh, definitely. They should make a movie that, about uh, this. They should make a movie about this guy. Yeah, if they're gonna make a movie, they should make a movie about Carlton Hassel. It's like you think it's I mean, like hey, you uh, you think about the great wrestler. You think about the greatest wrestlers in the sport. You don't hear about this guy. You know, it's like you hear about Gable. You think about no, you, you, you hear you hear about Gable. You hear about Tail. You hear about um what um Dan Hodge. You don't hear about this guy. Like what? Hey, hey USA Wrestling. Like what? What? USA what, Wrestling. Here's here's your movie. Here's your movie script right here. Carlton Hasselrig. You know, instead of uh, I mean, making a movie about Fox. Uh, what is that? Fox Catchers, all fine and dandy. But hey, how about making a movie about this guy? You know, Carlton Hasselrig. Yeah, you talk about biopics. It's like let's do this guy, and it, it lit, it's and you know in that bio it said that he he gave back to the community. It's like you know he went out and did that, and then he came back and he was, it's like to the end he was helping out his community. Mm-hmm. It's like this was a man who truly gave back. This is an it's like, <laughs> yeah, this this man is is. Anyway, so that goes without being said. Um, anyway, so uh, for tonight, uh, episode twelve of the Samurai Brothers Wrestling. Oh, we did. I, I would uh, like to know uh, for the first time. Go ahead. I would like to know we did have comments uh, on. The Facebook from uh, yeah, our, our cousin. Our cousin, yeah. I'll be sure to mention that when I when I see her in um uh, oh when we see her. All right, Matt. So uh, with that being uh, with that being said, um, I think uh, all our. All our fine audience folks, uh, they know where to, to find us, right? Samurai Brothers Wrestling on uh, YouTube.com. Uh, and uh, also uh, Matthew runs his own uh, MMA uh, site dedicated to uh, MMA fighting. Uh, and that is uh, MMAfreak.com. That's MMA-freak.com. 
the Twitter for you can also find MMA Freak on Twitter, which is at MMA Freakout. And uh, Matthew uh, also has his own YouTube channel. He uh, uploads quite a few fun uh, things on there. And uh, also, uh, you can find Matthew on Twitter at Matthew Salzer. And uh, Matthew, uh, for if they want to find us, um, aside from here, we're doing our, our, you know, we're doing Facebook Live for the first time. But if we have uh, other places, where can uh, our audience find uh, the Samurai Brothers Wrestling Okay, so in addition to YouTube, as we just mentioned, we are on Rumble, Acast, Apple, Spotify, and Google. Other platforms to be added. I know that I keep saying that. At some point, we'll actually get to it. Yeah, we're, we're leading busy lives, but we're trying to do what we can. I am finding a few places. And uh, so, uh, you know, make sure to reach out to us. And, uh, you know, we're, we're on. Uh, in various places, but uh, thank you as always, uh, you know, to our viewers on uh, YouTube, and then uh, also to those who like to pay attention to us, and, uh, you know, we're trying to get a variety of ways to make sure that we can give you some quality content. Uh, anyone has any suggestions about what they'd like to hear us talk about, you know, feel free to, to drop us a comment or send us a message. So with that being said, Matthew, uh, thank you as always. Um, for your insightfulness into uh, topics related to wrestling and uh, to our audience. We hope you have a, a great week and uh, we'll be seeing you again very soon. Yep. All right. Thank you all. Yep. Thank you all.